Tracy and Emily are smart lovable sisters who really love Lucifer for the plot. Yeah, the plot, which they overthink. Hi, Em. Hi, Tracy. Hey, y'all. Um, I'm here. That's my sister, Emily Guy Birkin. She doesn't use a hyphen. And that's my sister, Tracy Guy Decker, and she does use a hyphen. Yeah. And um, this is Lightbringers. Yes. This is where we illuminate the deeper meaning of the crime-solving devil TV show. And yes, we are over we're overthinking it. it. <laughs> yeah, we are. We are. So today we're going to talk about um, episodes 104 and 105. Manly Whatnots is 104 and Sweet Kicks is 105. So um, yeah, so we were actually just before we pressed record, we were talking about something that you said so you wanted to talk about manly whatnots. Yes. So I'm going to let you lay that out for our audience. And then I'll pick back up where, where we were before we hit record. So manly whatnots is the episode where we first see Lucifer is vulnerable around Chloe. Um, and it's the first time he is vulnerable around Chloe uh, because he gets shot in front of her in the pilots and shrugs it off. No problem. So uh, what's interesting is upon this rewatch, is noticing that uh, now there's never any straight answer on exactly why he's vulnerable around, around Chloe. There is the theory that since angels self-actualize, his uh, emotional vulnerability around her is self-actualized as physical vulnerability. Uh, and I think that that is basically what the, what the writers are going for. Which we don't get that theory for many many much, episodes like much. into future seasons season five i think yeah. is is where where that that theory comes about so what's fascinating to me is that in the same episode where he is physically vulnerable he is the first time you see lucifer truly emotionally vulnerable and it's with chloe and it's when he uh she shows up at the penthouse and he uh, appears naked just to be like hey turnabout's fair play you know I for ten, you he says <laughs> yeah you can see me um and she's very uncomfortable is like please put something on and and he wraps a, a afghan or something around himself so he's covered and he like um spins around so she can take in all the glory that is six feet four inches of tom ellis and she sees the scars on his back from where he cut off his wings and uh she immediately goes from like uncomfortable embarrassed annoyed at him to like, also but also a little bit prurient there's a little bit of yeah there, there is some prurience yeah well <laughs> she's still she's still peeking <laughs> yeah can you blame her <laughs> no i cannot um, but she immediately goes from, from that to concerned to yes. like, what happened to you? And who did uh, this to you? Who yeah. did this to you? And like, she tries to kind of like, are you okay? And he, and he like, grabs her arm and he tries, she tries to touch the scar. Yes. He whips around really quickly and grabs her wrist. Mm -hmm. And what's really fascinating about that scene is it is the first time and you don't like, you know, because we binged it, watching it originally, it's the first time you see him without any of his masks on. Um, like, and he seems even surprised by it. Yeah, by he is. Own. He's disconcerted by it. He immediately yeah. goes and puts that. It's like I need to 
we I should get dressed. Yeah. yeah. I think that moment when he has her wrist in his hand as well, like mm-hmm. it's a, it's a gift. Like I see it on Twitter, like yeah. from, from the Lucy fans whom I follow yeah. and, and, and in my memory, there's a bit of like, there's an abruptness to it. Mm-hmm. This sort of like, mm-hmm. stop. But in reality, he plays it. It's not like that. He says, mm-hmm. don't please mm-hmm. without that edge of like, how dare you? There's no, there's no sort of like, there's no anger edge Mm -hmm. to the way he delivers that line. Mm -hmm. It really Mm -hmm. is more like a, like a genuine, please don't. And I think that's really, uh, supports your point about genuine vulnerability in -hmm. that moment. Mm -hmm. It's not vulnerability covered over by machismo, Mm -hmm. um, or, or covered over by, you know, the sly asides or the humor or anything else. It's just a straight up authentic don't mm-hmm. please yeah and it's it's interesting in terms of you know how this is written so apparently none of his lovers have ever expressed concern presumably um well they haven't been the wings haven't been gone super long time well it's five five years he we we later find right. out we later find out it's been five years it's yes. been five years um and he is a prolific lover. He is. <laughs> so yes. Yeah, so yes. 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 None of his um, none of his other human lovers have ever, presumably. So this is concerned. clearly like there's there Maybe. is some give and take here in that she is seeing him and seeing beyond the the um the mask that he that he shares with the world that he's comfortable in. So what I was telling you before we started recording that I find so impressive with the writers is that they, I I think it's very clear they had this idea in mind that he is vulnerable around Chloe because uh, physically, because he is emotionally vulnerable around her. And we get that uh, a little bit later in the season where, where he says, Oh, it appears you make me vulnerable too. We'll, We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but we don't know why, we don't know about the self-actualization or anything like that. What I find impressive is that with TV, you don't have any guarantee of an end date. You don't have any guarantee of, of, of additional seasons. You know, you write a pilot, you don't have a guarantee it's gonna be picked up. You, you, you get the first season, uh, you don't have any guarantee you're gonna get a second. And so they are playing this long game of like what makes him vulnerable and they give like other people have theories. Like once you get to season three, you see that Kane has a theory that there's something about Chloe that makes Celestials vulnerable, um, or you know maybe it's the fact that Chloe is in love with uh, with Lucifer. Which I I was reading um, some AV Club reviews um, of season three as it came out. Um, or contemporaneous with it when it came out saying like, well, that would suggest that Chloe was in love with Lucifer as of the fourth episode. And we're like, yeah, that's absolutely not the case. And what I love is that it is a cool idea of what it is that makes Lucifer vulnerable. And the writers did not feel the need to highlight it and point arrows at it and and have flashing lights to be like, hey, isn't this cool? Which I feel like a lot of a lot of writers would want to do, particularly since you don't know what you're going to get in terms of, are you going to be able to finish telling the story? So 
it's just a matter of I am impressed when writers are playing the long game with a genre or a, a medium where you don't necessarily get a long story. Yeah. 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 And so the thing I was going to push back on you about before we hit record was I, that may well be exactly what's happening. And I'm, so I'm thinking of other, um, specifically science fiction shows and I'm thinking of Battlestar Galactica, which I know is not one of your shows, mm -hmm. but <laughs> in Battlestar Galactica, there's this weird thing that happens where, um, Starbuck comes back. I'm talking about the reboot. The, mm -hmm. the most no. recent, which also featured Trisha Helfer, actually. It does, um, yes. Um, she has like a cottage industry of playing not quite humans. Yeah, <laughs> very sexy, not quite humans. Very sexy, yeah. not quite humans. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Starbuck like comes back from the dead and like has no memory of it. And like, it's not clear how that happened. And like, it's just this weird, huge mystery that like based on the way they wrapped it up, like I was left with the impression that the writers didn't know how it happened either. And they just kind of were like, well, she's gone now. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It's a mystery, you know, like, mm -hmm. like I was left with the impression from Galactica that like it worked for the story. They wanted mm -hmm. her back. They wanted this mystery and, and sort of spirituality that was like, I mean, basically out of character, but like they, mm -hmm. they wanted this, all of the things that came with it, but they didn't actually have an answer for the why. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and so there was i mean if there had been a why that had been neatly wrapped up in the end of galactica then i could have said they did the exact same thing or they did mm -hmm. a similar thing to what you're suggesting mm -hmm. um the showrunners did for lucifer from from these episodes that we're talking about today um because there was i was left with this sense of like yeah the writers didn't know either mm -hmm. um i it makes me like i'm just thinking of like i would hesitate to compare myself to the showrunners from the show because I think they're really, really good. And She's so talented. And I can I I can imagine my you know less well crafted stuff that I write where I sit down to write and I'm not exactly sure how it's gonna mm -hmm. work out, but I know this thing. Mm -hmm. And 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 like sometimes I don't like sometimes the answer reveals itself as I'm working. Mm -hmm. Right. Um and so I wonder. Mm -hmm. If, I mean, it, it, like the self-actualization piece is so beautiful. It's mm -hmm. just so lovely um, that we, that we get not until the fifth season, which mm -hmm. they didn't expect to have, right? Because mm -hmm. Fox canceled them. Like that was the result of the Save Lucifer thing. So I wonder if it was sort of the, I mean, who, who was it? Who was it that said, uh, good luck is the residue of design? Is that Oscar Wilde? Who, who I don't know who said that. <laughs> I'm sorry, whoever, you, whoever you are, I apologize for not crediting you appropriately. I sort of think maybe that this solution that is the long game is actually the residue of good design, but yeah. not maybe not like, like Joe and Ildi and the other writers were sitting around in 2016 going, yeah, and angels self-actualize. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm just putting well, it out there. Here's the thing though, because we, we have other examples of them as self-actualizing. So like with um, um, long before we get to where they, they use those, that, those terms. Um, so with, in the second season with Amenadiel losing his wings. Yes, that's true. And, and so like we- Which I've also read was solving a problem because the CG for those wings was so expensive. <laughs> 
Okay. Okay. Well, that's because I, I the the same thing with the um, uh, time time slowing. That's an expensive special effect. And I actually uh, one of the things I noticed in this rewatch is that every like uh, they do like the big scale time slowing, but then then uh, when Amenadiel, gosh, which episode was it? Amenadiel comes to him in the penthouse and he's he's throwing an apple in the air, and that's the only thing that slows because his guests are still asleep. <laughs> I'm like, that is a lot easier than slowing time in Lux. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so or on yes. the street or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I, I mean, and you know, I can't, I gotta say it, you know, sometimes certain people, certain divinities work in mysterious ways. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, I will say like, one of the things that I find fascinating about television, um, even more than movies because again, it's that ongoing aspect of it. You're, you're filming stuff without knowing when it will end, how it will end. If you have like, if you have more seasons, all of that um, is how collaborative it becomes. So like Lucifer's ring that he wears on the middle finger of his right hand um, is something that Tom Ellis, when he was getting dressed for, you know, getting costumed for the first, uh, for the pilot, like, I feel like I need something else. And he's, and he found that in like the costume shop and was like, yeah, this is perfect. And then it became a major storyline mm -hmm. in the fifth season. Yeah. Um, so, so there is, there is some collaborative effort to that, but I really, I mean, obviously, unless we, we ever get a chance to, to chat with Joe and Ildi, I, I really did feel like please get in touch not, with Ildi, but like, please don't hesitate. I'd love to hear from you. <laughs> All right, carry on. Um, I, I really do feel like it is not a coincidence that the first time we in any way see his like charming devil mask slip is also the first time he bleeds. I agree. I completely agree. I think that is, that is straight up good writing. I don't think that's yeah. an accident. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I just, I so appreciate how well they do that. And then also, even though, I mean, Lucifer's in therapy, He's he's meeting with uh, with Dr. Linda every week, um, and yet he still has not been himself with Linda. Um, like it's not until this moment with with Chloe that he is truly the 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 scarred, broken man. Yeah, who says don't please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my um, heart. <laughs> Yeah, I wanna. I'm gonna move us on to the other the other episode that we wanted to talk about. Um, mm -hmm. Sweet Kicks, mm -hmm. um, for a moment, because I think that after the that sort of window into a you know sort of broke the brokenness the of of Lucifer in mainly whatnots, then in Sweet Kicks, like he's just an asshole. Mm -hmm. You know, like the the amount of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like belittling that he does mm -hmm. of emotion and like mm -hmm. sort of the toxic masculinity that he is exuding in mm -hmm. sweet kicks, like uh, around um, the, the Diego and Danny, the mm -hmm. characters, like when Diego is emotional about his uh, cousin's death. Yeah. And, and Lucifer's like, is that flop, flop sweat or a tear? What the hell is going on? You know, he doesn't say that, but that's the, that's the mm -hmm. uh, sentiment. And, um, like he's, he's just a jerk in that mm -hmm. episode. Mm -hmm. And like it, it, it becomes cumulative because in that episode, he also starts to, um, 
I mean, we, we talked about in our, in our last episode, we talked about Lucifer sort of starting to feel some responsibility, maybe mm-hmm. kind of a little bit around, um, around, uh, Ali's death and the would be Prince of darkness. Um, and then again, we get that in sweet kicks when, because Chloe points it out, he mm-hmm. realizes that by granting the favor to, um, Benny Choi, Benny, thank you. Um, that, Yellow Viper. Damned Yellow Viper to prison. Yes. 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 So, I mean, it takes Chloe saying it out loud Mm. for him to see it, but, um, but that actually then that sense of like having kind of been played for some Mm -hmm. is, is what drives the final, his final interaction with Benny, um, in making sure that Benny, you know, is restrained in in a, you know, very overly dramatic sort of way, because, you know, (laughs) <laughs> Lucifer is a drama king if, uh, if nothing else um so anyway I I just I wanted like I wanted to kind of since we're holding both of those episodes I wanted mm-hmm. to kind of contrast that where we we get this glimpse of of maybe some something besides the the jerk persona mm-hmm. that we've mm-hmm. met and then it's right back full force again mm-hmm. in in the next episode um with the way that he reacts to basically any display of emotion mm-hmm. in that in that episode from, um, from Diego and, and Danny or from, um, Viper, it, it just from Dan. Or, yeah. From Dan, from, um, Hector, who is the, the, the actual trigger man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and it's, it's, it makes sense in terms of how someone as immature as, as Lucifer would, respond to having a moment of emotional vulnerability like you know like you gotta overcorrect yeah yeah that's true that's true you know it it also based on our last episode where we talked a lot about the um racial identity of the cast like this episode actually delved into that a bit as well since the um latin kings and the asian boys were sort of the two central uh gangs in the in the Mm -hmm. episode and so a lot of the supporting actors were either latinx or asian mm-hmm, um it's mm-hmm. interesting just to note based on what we have talked about yes yeah i mean they were uh, they were they were characterized as gang members predominantly although you know but, yellow viper was was a very sympathetic character yes completely and and really i think ultimately um noble because even mm-hmm. when lucifer did his mojo and wanted to know what his deepest desire was it was just to do his art yeah and that was well that was what he that- that image of when the Latin Kings and Danny and Diego show up and he immediately steps in front of his kids and and puts his arms out. It's uh, it reminded me, I remember you and I talking about um, uh, Harry Potter when Snape immediately stood in front of the three kids in um, prisoner of Azkaban to protect them. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it's, that's just such a clear, indication of what his priorities are you know it's really interesting since we're talking about a show called lucifer and when you said that i immediately put my arms out like that that's that's what the actor does like there i don't think that's i don't think that's a mistake either yeah there's a very clear sort of like Mm christ-like moment and especially since he is sort of one of the few characters (laughs) that we ever get you know who's just just good Mm -hmm. um and also then has that moment of a of a of a christ-like symbol that's really I I hadn't noticed that until I just until I did that just now. Yeah, you. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's um, 
I'm not sure what's where to put that, but it occurred to me. <laughs> That's a good question. So I'm sharing it with y'all. So but that that was something that um I thought was interesting also in that uh Lucifer goes from like, hey, let's get a gang war going to immediately like get the kids uh, out. get the kids out. Mm-hmm. Um with his, his behind his back. Yeah. Finger. Yeah. Um and it, I, I, I should have, I wish I'd put, made a note of what happened immediately before he's just like, oh yeah, get the kids out. <laughs> because he really was like, yes, danger, gang war, this is exciting. And then uh, I think Chloe says something to him like, you do know you're not helping or something like that. Um, that he, he like yeah. gets out yeah. of himself for a minute. Mm-hmm. She does. She says, you know, you're not helping. Yeah. Um, and I also appreciate it. Like, all right, you've had your hero moment. Now stay out of the line of fire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he says, um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then Maze, uh, your bartender is a ninja. Of course she is. <laughs> it's one of my favorite lines. <laughs> Maze is just so. Actually, let's talk about Maze for a second. Yes. Because I think like we knew that she was like a demon. Like in the previous four episodes, we knew she was a demon. She followed him from hell. But like this episode makes really plain the amount, the degree to which she is a servant, mm-hmm. right? Like where he says, I know you'll always be there to protect me because that's what you were created for. Mm-hmm. And then she does. Mm-hmm. I mean, she does it, you know, with a I side of sass. Yeah. Um, but she does. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really like, It's, it, it lays a foundation for the growth of Maze that I think is really significant. I mean, even the moment where she's like creeping on Chloe, sleeping in the chair at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. And um, you see, you see her face and you see her actual demon face in the mirror. Yeah. 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 So, but she doesn't hurt Chloe. Right. Which, so I think we're already starting to see her also changing because mm-hmm based on the way she, I mean, she didn't, I don't think she was meant to have killed any of the, uh, gang members that she, Mm -hmm. uh, incapacitated Mm -hmm. in that episode. Um, but, uh, she didn't hesitate to break them collarbones and fracture tibias and whatever, like, you know, Lucifer's given us the play-by-play of what she's doing. Um, and she's there while talk about being vulnerable. Chloe is asleep. Mm-hmm. and ultimately leaves mm-hmm. and does not interfere. And so I, and, and that's right after we've been shown that she exists to protect him and she feels it is her job to protect him, whether or not he sees the, 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 mm-hmm. um, the, the danger, danger coming. coming. So I think there, you know, that, that whole arc with Maze really plants the seed of her, um, her future story arc, which mm-hmm. Again, like to your point at the beginning of our conversation, like showrunners don't know if they're going to get a chance to explore that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's, I don't know, it's, it's for me, it really, that this episode really problematized Maze in a way that she hadn't been previously. Mm-hmm. Like she was like the way she kind of laughed at the, um, identity theft, mm-hmm. you know, who's doing things that were totally out of character. Like she enjoyed, um, Lucifer's 
embarrassment mm-hmm. in a way that that led me to believe they had a different sort of relationship mm-hmm. than this episode makes clear, mm-hmm. right? So I, I will say one of the things um, in terms of, of May's changing is she is getting some agency, even though it's in a direction that we as the audience don't want to see by meeting with Amenadiel and saying like, you know, I want to go home and it's for his own good. And does she really believe that? Or does she just want what she wants? Right. And she's never been allowed to do before. Which she's never been allowed to. Yeah. Like it's never been about what she wants, Mm -hmm. Um, which they, again, they say that, um, uh, explicitly uh, later in the season and early season two is when she's like, why, why is it never about me? Right. Right. Well, throughout the, I feel like throughout the series. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, I can't so, remember. Well, I'm sure we'll get to it, but when she wants him to pour her a drink. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so that I think there is this, that kind of problematic it's introduced here, but then it's also like subverted a little bit. Um, with these, and I can't remember which episode where she met with uh, with Amenadiel. If it was in Man and Whatnot or Sweet Kicks, yeah, I think it's in Sweet Kicks. I think you're right. I think it is. It's the problem that's... with watching two in a row, right? <laughs> you, you get them mixed up. And actually, actually, sorry, that scene where she meets with him in the coffee shop is where we first see the hint of what hell is, because she says all of these look at them all on their laptops, torturing themselves with dreams that they know won't come true. Um, mm-hmm. Like, so the idea that the, that the souls in hell torture themselves mm-hmm. is this, that's the first time that that's kind of even hinted at um, mm-hmm. because previously, I mean, she is a torturer. Like mm-hmm. that's the whole point. Like, so, so that's one thing I do want to bring up um, how much uh, another show that also started running in 2016, the good place feels like it is in conversation yeah with lucifer agreed um, because hell in the good place is where you torture yourself basically yeah um and that is very fascinating to me that that's the two separate tv shows would come up with this uh the same kind of uh just fundamental idea of what it is, what hell would be like. Um, yes, I agree. It's also, it's an old idea, right? True, like the, true. the parable, the parable of the long spoons. Um, do you know the parable of the long spoons? Uh, so, or you can't reach for yourself and so you have to yeah. feed other people. So hell and heaven are identical. You sit, ar- you sit around, um, and there's plenty of food to eat, but there are only these like long spoons. They're too long for you to use them for yourself. And in hell, they're sitting around like trying to feed themselves and they can't and heaven exact same scene, but they're feeding each other. Uh, attributed to Rabbi Chaim of Ram, Ram Shishak, Rabbi Chaim of Ram Shishak, although it's been in other sources. So um, yeah. And anyway, I, it, so anyway, this idea that we, that we torture ourselves, um, Mm -hmm. either because of our lack of regard for one another in the parable of the long spoons or because of our own guilt and, Mm -hmm. and well, and it's interesting if the, if, if uh, that parable, I, I'd only heard the, the, the hell version of it. So I'd I'd never like, Oh, uh, you didn't get the, no, the the flip side is that heaven is exactly the same identical room. Just we feed one another. 
Um, but what's interesting is that, again, that gets to what this show is about um, in listening to and, and um, responding to others. Yeah. Um, because as Lucifer grows, uh, he, he learns to do that. He learns to, to yeah. not see humans as objects, like we talked about last, last episode. Yeah. Um, and recognizes that, uh, you know, I feed you, you feed me, <laughs> everybody's happy. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's interesting. I think that's a good place to wrap us up. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I've, I've, I've overthunk enough for <laughs> now. That joke never gets old. It never does get old. <laughs> there was an, I had another pet peeve in place and I can't remember what it was. Oh, I know what the pet peeve was. He puts his fingers in the blood and he tastes it. Yeah. That is so gross. <laughs> Not human. Surprisingly. I don't think like, they, they don't do that again. But yeah, that's that's pretty gross. That is so gross. And like that's a thing that uh that happens like in, in TV shows, like in my beloved X-Files, there's at least once where where Mulder like puts his fingers inside. I don't think he licks it, but he sniffs it. It's just like there's got to be a better way of determining what this is. Same thing with sometimes you'll see on uh, crime shows, they'll be like cocaine and they'll be like, yep, cocaine. It's just like our theme song is Feral Angel Waltz by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons, by Attribution 4.0 license. Visit the show notes for the URL. I am an artificially generated voice, powered by Narakeep.com. Lucifer, is a Warner Brothers production that first aired on Fox and then Netflix. Tracy and Emily are not affiliated with Fox, Netflix, nor WB. If you liked this episode, subscribe to Keep Overthinking with them, and visit the show notes for other ways to connect.